Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. The X-Zone Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Like Marlena Dietrich And you dance like Zizi Jamais Your clothes are all made by Balmain And there's diamonds and pearls in your hair Yes, there are You live in a fancy apartment Off the boulevard Saint-Michel Where you keep your Rolling Stones records any friend of Sasha Distel, yes you do But where do you go to my lovely When you're alone in your bed Tell me the thoughts that surround you I want to look inside your head, yes I do I've seen all your Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon on the Talk Star Radio Network, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and on Star Cable. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, com. 
My guest this hour, ExoNation, is Nancy Many. She is the author of My My Billion Year Contract. Now, Nancy May Many was a college student in Boston when she first wandered into a Scientology office. Now, that was the beginning of the end of independence and freedom as she knew it. After 27 years of service at all levels of Scientology's Sea Organization, Nancy left the group and now works to help others who have been victimized and to expose the abuse and crimes of her former group. Nancy now lives in Los Angeles with her family, and her website is www.mybillionyearcontract.com. That's www.mybillionyearcontract.com. And Nancy, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Nancy, uh, the Church of Scientology... Well, geez, you know, when you think of it, you think of high-profile people like Tom Cruise and uh, other members of the Hollywood elite. But you also think of the stories that are starting to seep out from within, uh, you know, as as we said in your intro about your loss of independence, the loss of freedom, um, abuse, and crimes. And abuse and crimes doesn't seem to fit in with what people think of when it comes to a church. How did you get involved? Well, actually, I, I was, for most, many of my years, I was in charge of getting new people in. So I'll not only speak for how I was brought in, mm-hmm. but also the pattern that they use to gather people into their membership. Okay? Right. Um, it First of all, they find you at a low point. Your your life is in some way on the skids. You're not flying high. You bumped into something. For me, I had just broken up with a long-term boyfriend. I had uh, not great relations with my family. It was um, basically the 70s, and the world was really upside down, and everybody was smoking pot and doing drugs and and I just didn't want to do that anymore. Um, I wanted to be a social worker, and I was in a special program for that, and that was falling apart. So in essence, my entire life was falling apart. So I was an easy grab. Mm -hmm. I was an easy grab because the draw was, A, they don't do drugs, which to this day they don't do drugs. But they take it to the extreme. I mean, if you're psychotic and a drug would fix that, they wouldn't let you take that. Unreal. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Exo Nation, this is going to be an hour that you will want to tell your friends to listen to, so get on the phone, give them a call now. We'll be back in two minutes as the Exxon continues with my very special guest of this hour, Nancy Many. We're talking about her book, My Billion Year Contract, and her website is www.mybillionyearcontract.com. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute break. Don't go away. Like Marlena Dietrich And you dance like Zizi
Welcome back, everyone. Nancy Many is our special guest. Her website is www.mybillionyearcontract.com. Tell me, uh, Nancy, what is the draw? Why are people drawn into the Church of Scientology? They're usually brought in by their friends. Now, what's little known, okay, is once you get into Scientology yourself mm-hmm. and you start a few little basic courses... These are, um, like in business, they'd be called your loss leaders. You know, you're not really making money on them. They're $50 or $25, right? And they're actually, I don't have a problem with those little courses. But they give you a free course, um, and they make you what is called a field staff member. Now, a field staff member is a person who's not a member of staff, Mm-hmm. but they bring in their friends and family, and they get paid a commission of either 10% or 15% of whatever that person brings in. Pays. So, so, so if, you brought, if you're the one that brought Tom Cruise in, mm-hmm. you're pretty rich right now. How, did they, how were they able to get Tom Cruise to come into the Church of Scientology, and as far as I know, he's still in it, isn't he? Um, yes, he's very much still in it. He's um, He was married to Mimi Rogers, mm-hmm. and Mimi Rogers was born into Scientology. And her father had a Scientology group that was very, very low-key and very not paramilitary-like um, it is right now. You know, like it's it's very, very... You know, the Sea Org is um, the ultimate, and it's really a lot of screaming and yelling, and as news reports have shown violence and things like that. Um, but he ran what's called a little mission. It was just a little small place. And she grew up in it, and um, so when she married Tom, she introduced him um, also through a small mission where it's very, very homey-type environment, and as soon as um, the leader, from my understanding of it, as soon as the leader found out that he was there, um, they took him away from the mission and said he had to be taken care of by higher people. So he was, like, secluded. And that's what happens to all of the celebrities. They are watched. They are not it's like if you got what Tom Cruise gets in Scientology, okay, it might be worth $200,000. But you're not going to get that. Only the celebrity gets that kind of treatment. And they get that kind of treatment because they don't want them to know what's behind the curtain. The slave labor camps, the espionage, the, um, the amount of people that go psychotic, the, the amount of suicides that have occurred. Um, and so they're on a different track. They have different, um, people that are trained to take care of the celebrities. And they even have, um, 
they can get when they're early on and they're not really fully drunk the Kool-Aid yet, right? A celebrity will often, they, the church offers that they can hire them an assistant to help teach them more about Scientology in their life. Now, they won't be aware of it, but if they go on the Internet and start to check out something comes up and it's that negative about Scientology, that Scientologist that's watching them or being their best friend will interrupt them and say, oh, remember we have this appointment, we got to get going. And they won't even notice. All right, t- been... tell me, what is the doctrine? What is so appealing about the Church of Scientology? What do they talk about that other organized religious organizations don't talk about? You mean the good stuff or the stuff that gets crazy further up the line? Well, let's, let's talk about the good stuff. Because, you know, in, in order for somebody to be indoctrinated into a cult, and as far as I'm concerned, that is exactly what Scientology is, is a cult. Agreed. They have to offer something that they don't that the that the person cannot get anywhere else. Yes, their initial courses, um, which, as I said, are are relatively inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all friendly, friendly, friendly. But what 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 is in the course that is so appealing? I'd say there's the first course is on improving your communication. Okay. There's nobody in the world that couldn't stand to improve their communication. Right. It starts out, the very first step um, is called something like training routine zero, right? And you sit across from a person, and the both of you, you don't speak, you hold eye contact, Mm -hmm. and you just be there. Now, I loved that. Because it would center everything. It's kind of like the glass is full of muck, and the muck would fall to the ground, and I would have a clear clear water at the top, you know, so I felt better. I felt a lot better. Um, at the time, I did not know I could also get this through um, yoga, um, contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other avenues in which you can reach these, you know, meditative or hypnotic, you know, balanced states to yes. kind of calm yourself down. But that's a good thing that they offer. But they tell you that they're the only ones that have it. They they do not tell you you could that it's similar someplace else. You know, I, I must be totally different than a lot of people because I would not find that alluring i would not find that attractive and i the fact that i have to pay to belong to an organization that is going to be getting my tithing as well as money for the course is something doesn't that ring warning bells with the majority of people who are approached or who are trying to be recruited i think it does now now is it a religion my book which you can buy off of my website um this story Mm-hmm. Okay, I joined, and I was very clear, I did not want to join a church. I was not joining a religion. At that time in my life, I had not given up the core beliefs of Christianity, mm-hmm. do unto others as you would do unto yourself. I was very much involved in transcendentalists and finding, you know, finding um, spirituality in nature, Okay. 
So it was a big deal for me. Why do you call yourself, why is the name on the building Church of Scientology? They never called themselves Church of Scientology on the inside. When you were on the inside, they called themselves an org. And there was the Boston org, the Detroit org, the Miami org. And um, I do believe that that still might be the case, or now that they have this IRS thing and they're trying to go more religion, right, that they might be calling them all churches. But in the years that I was in, we only called them orgs. Mm -hmm. Well, how they got me in to get over that, that they're not a religion, is they showed me an actual written policy letter by the founder, L. Ron Hubbard, that's entitled Religion. And it says, nothing is going to change in our day-to-day business. This is only a matter for accountants and lawyers. So to me, okay, fine. It's not a religion. And I was also told it was a practical philosophy, non-denominational in thought, in, in religiosity. I mean, you, you could be Jewish and a Scientologist. It wasn't... It, it, it didn't tell you a faith. It, it, in fact, it was a science. Mm-hmm. You see, it was things that you could use, and they either worked for you or they didn't. So um, I was most definitely brought on board with the point of view that it was not a religion. And later on, when I was in longer and I was higher up and the founder, Hubbard, was in hiding at the time. Um, we were discussing opening up another corporation. And in correspondence with him, basically he told me he wished he'd never made it into a church. So, mm. and and that made me actually very excited because that was in the 80s, and that was when self-help movements were very, very hot. And it would have, and, and Scientology does have a lot of self-help so it seems but, like it's um, a double-sided sword. It has its pros and it has its cons. But when you start telling uh, the listeners about slave labor, espionage, and, and suicides, one has to stop and wonder what in the name of God is going on behind those doors. For example, espionage. Why would a church be involved in espionage? Anyone who says anything critical about them is considered... Suppressive, that's the word they use, suppressive, which means to suppress. Mm -hmm. And no Scientologist is supposed to uh, offer them a job, help, talk to them in any way, um, do anything. And there also is a policy that they keep going back and forth on because L. Ron Hubbard wrote it, and I've seen it in practice. Um, through the espionage arm, um, called Fair Game. But L. Ron Hubbard, quote-unquote, canceled it. But if you read the cancellation, it's not a full cancellation. And I just know in real life that a critic is, they say, he says, a a suppressive person can be lied to, um, harmed in any way, um, tricked, deceived, you know, you can do anything to them. All right, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. ExoNation, Nancy Menny is our special guest. Her website, okay. www.mybillionyearcontract.com.
www.mybillionyearcontract.com. That's www.mybillionyearcontract.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Talkstar Radio Network and Exxon Broadcast Network and Star Cable. Don't go away. Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. Broken hearts don't always mend. Left to That's great, it starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and aeroplanes. Explanation, Nancy Many is my special guest of this hour. She's the author of My Billion Year Contract. Her website is www.mybillionyearcontract.com. Nancy, you were talking to us earlier about, and you touched on it very briefly, but I'd like to get back and, and, and investigate this as deep as we possibly can. Slave labor. Yes. Um, What they have, they're actually named Rehabilitation Project Camps. Um, The first time I was assigned to one, and people are just, they're just, they can be assigned for many, Mm -hmm. many reasons. Um, A senior upline just doesn't like the way you did something, and that's it, you're assigned. Or you can go through a whole justice proceeding and be assigned to one. The first one I was assigned to was when the international management was in Clearwater, Florida, located, which is still there, but it's not, they don't have the management there anymore. Um, It was a huge hotel with a, I'd say, five-story parking garage connected to it with doors into the 12-story hotel. And what happens when you're in this rehabilitation project force is you are, first of all, made to wear clothes that mark you as a member of this group. You're not allowed to talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. You have to run everywhere you go. You're never left alone. You're always under guard. Um, You... um, 
do menial labor, hard labor, cast stuff, um, and then they do let you study some Scientology for, I think, two, uh, two and a half hours a day. Um, but sometimes they make them stay up all night long doing physical manual labor. Um, that was my, my first one. And that wasn't, my husband, as soon as we both arrived there, was like, that's it, let's get out of here. And um, personally, I couldn't because I was five months pregnant. They were paying for the birth, birthing. We had no money. They don't pay the staff any money. This is another thing that I don't think the celebrities know. They don't pay the staff, and a lot of times the staff are eating rice and beans. But in any case, we had to eat leftovers. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you are then at the final... When I thought I was at the final end, I'd completed all these little check things that you have to do to get out. It was about four months. I mean, I was ready, almost ready to deliver. There's one level below the Rehabilitation Project Force, which is called the RPF's RPF. So it's like the slave labor camp's slave labor camp. You're the, you know, and that you're supposed to go down into the um, worst place that they have. I mean, I wouldn't even fit where they wanted me to go. And you can't even talk to anybody in the slave labor camp. Now, I did get out of that. I was able to reach my goal of having my baby not in the slave labor camp. And my husband got out soon after. I found out more recently, I'd say about four years ago, that time for me that we're talking about 79 or so, the slave labor camps only lasted months, a year at the most. Then four years ago, I started to find some friends of mine that were leaving that I had known mm -hmm. and found out that these slave labor camps now go on forever. There are people that have been in them for eight to ten years. My heavens. I mean, that's, that's like what you get for manslaughter. And there is no ending date. You could be in there for the rest of your life. And while you are in there, you are, a lot of times they make you divorce your spouse. Um, you're not allowed to see any children or any, and, and at the highest, highest levels, they make you have abortions. So that's a whole other different story. So there aren't children at the most high level. But um, if you did have children, you were, would not be allowed to see them. Um, and you are kept in there under guard, like I said. I mean, you're just, you know. The, the second time we were assigned, my husband and I do things together, so we were assigned together. We, were, we had been running the Celebrity Center in Los Angeles, and we got assigned to the Rehabilitation Project Force, and at that time our son was three years old, and we were in Los Angeles, um, and we asked them, what, what about our son? And they said, they considered that children are people. And they started talking to me, like this one woman was saying, well, my daughter, when she was three years old, she got under the sink into poison. And she shouldn't have known better because she's a spiritual being. And it was her fault. And I'm looking at it like, oh, my God. And I said, what, 
you know, when are we going to be able to see my son? We have no family, no close. I mean, there was nowhere. And the nursery was illegal, and he would escape it. He would climb the fence, this little three-year-old. He would climb the fence, and he knew where my office was, and he would come to me. And sometimes I couldn't bring him back for a couple hours, and the daycare center hadn't even known he was gone. Oh, so he could have been wandering the streets of Hollywood for two hours, a three-year-old. Um, so basically, um, my husband and I uh, were able to get messages to each other that mm-hmm. we were going to escape. Today, we never could have done that escape because they have cameras everywhere that are watched constantly, and every single door is monitored. But back then, they didn't have that kind of level of security. You were just supposed to be watched. And my husband and I were separated at separate ends of the table at this very long rectangular room that had two doors. And the code was that he would get up and say, oh, I forgot the salt and pepper, and he would leave to go to the kitchen. And then I said the same thing to the people with me. Oh, I forgot the relish or whatever. Right. We met at the dishwasher and just ran as fast as we could without looking like we were running. But couldn't you call for help? Couldn't you pick up a phone and dial 911? Uh, no. Why? Uh, well, there, there were no phones? phones. There when were no... You're, when you're, first of all, when you're in the slave labor camp, you're watched 24-7. But there was no time, there was no time, there was no time... During there the was int- no time we were left alone. No. No time that we were left unguarded. Have you filed complaints, criminal complaints, since leaving the Church of Scientology? I did not. Um, Why? My leaving Scientology, the final thing, which is in my book, is they actually drove me psychotic. They took me into a room with a camera with a person on the 11th floor with all kinds of security guards, and day after day they interrogated me until my mind broke. And um, then they never contacted me, really, or helped me again. I was, at one point during that psychosis, I was brought to the hospital in restraints in an ambulance. Um which I'm very sorry to say my nine-year-old son at the time had to be part of and witness to. And um, that's, those are the kind of people that I've been helping for the past 10 years, and there's a lot of them. But, but, just, but why haven't charges been filed against them for what they've done? Why, why, why are people just standing back and letting it happen? First of all, first of all they keep it back behind the veil. Okay. Yes, but you were out. You got out. Your your testimony. Right. Why I did give some testimony in a case in which a woman died. But did you actually and, did you actually go to the local law enforcement agency or to the FBI or to any other arm of the, of the long long arm of the law and say, "Listen, this is what is going on there. I know. I was victimized. I saw the slave labor. I know that there are crimes being committed." I want to blow the whistle. They know. The thing about mind control, which you're, you're talking about... Dis- 
No, no. Let's get back to my. Let's get back to my question here. I, no, I, I'm you, just you, saying, you, if you, the FBI walked in, right? If they did, and met with those people in that mm-hmm. slave labor camp, they would all say they were there on their own free will. It's like Jim Jones. All right, but you were victimized. They could do worse to me, and I knew that because I had worked for their espionage units. Something isn't making sense here. Okay, go ahead. Something is, you know, I uh, something is not making sense because if these things, things were happening, happening, man, I, I just to just to let it go unpunished to me is a crime. Absolutely, and Cooper um, Anderson Cooper did a whole week just two weeks ago about the violence. Right, um, I, I I know I I know, but did you and I, and I just like wait a second, wait a second. I would just like a simple yes or no to this question. Okay, okay did you go to any law enforcement agency and file a criminal complaint? Yes or no? No. Why not? Because the repercussions to me would have been worse. But you're, the you you've written a book could now. Not have protected me. You've written a book. You're selling your book. You're telling your story. So what's the difference between now and then? Anonymous, a group called Anonymous. Um, And, okay, there's two things. A group called Anonymous, Mm -hmm. which is an Internet group of just Internet people, just young college people, older people, just through the Internet. And they started this three years ago. And they started to call for um they know about all these abuses mm-hmm. right yeah and they started to call for for protests once a month on the same day mm-hmm. on the same hour mm-hmm. every scientology organization in the world mm-hmm. is protested all right so what you're doing what the what anonymous is doing is 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 taking the law into their own hand and, and you know they're not allowing people their freedom of religion okay yeah we've all heard this story and you know i'm not and a big but that makes it more more you see i'm not i i'm not i i me and others to no, finally no, come no. out and write I, our books i and of course you're going to make money doing this right no i'm not making any money you're not no and i didn't do it to make money why did you do it? I did it? it to stop the physical and mental abuse. So why didn't you? Why didn't you go to law enforcement and file criminal charges? Because it they okay they'd already gotten their IRS status okay, and that is a whole story in itself. Um, they have people in government, and 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 the other thing. Okay, let me clarify. Right now, this past month, they have been found guilty of fraud. In the country of France. Law Luxon, we don't have to go to the Church of Scientology. Look what's going on in the Catholic Church, for God's sake. Exactly. But this is, I'm just saying, in other countries around the world, Russia, just Uh this week, um, put, there can be no materials of Scientology in Russia. It's against the law. It's against the law in Germany because it's a subversive organization and they live through Hitler and so they know what this is like okay in Australia there's a senator called Senator Xenophone with an X at the beginning who's been working with Parliament Mm -hmm. and he said he is not going to give up and he is not going to stop because of the forced abortions because of the slave labor camps 
and because there's just too much consistency in the stories coming out from all over the world that these people cannot be lying. All right, so if all all these stories, if all these stories are coming out, and you have all this first-hand information, you have witness accounts, you've got victims, why then are people afraid to go to the police? Because Scientology has billions of dollars. Um, so does the Catholic Church. So does I the... worked with their espionage unit. Oh, listen, hold on here. They did. Hold on here, okay. hold on here, hold on here. Hold okay. On here. The Catholic Church has a hell of a lot more money than the Church of Scientology will ever have. All right, victims, and th- they do not then go further attack. I'm sorry? They're victims. They don't then go further attack, like the espionage units of Scientology. Well, you know that you're you're talking about espionage, and I, I, I'm I'm still trying to understand how you can use the term espionage in the context that you're using it. Okay, there's they do it against. First of all, they target the people that are suing them. Mm-hmm. All right, here's an example. All right, hold on. We've got the to take our we've got we've got to take a commercial break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. My name's Rob McConnell. Life, this is the, the, story of the mayor of just a minute, please. Okay. Or else you're not going to come back from the commercial break. Sorry. Uh, Exxon Nation, we'll be back on the other side of this break, minus our guest, as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away, Exxon. have come and gone already, but I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight in hour number one. We talked with Meredith Hunt. We talked about the map of the hand. Hour number two, mystic and artist Pablo Solomon was our guest. Hour number three, we discussed the world of psychics with psychic Susie Ray, and my guest this hour is Dr. Susan Kolb. She is an author. She is a medical doctor. She is a, She brings spirituality holistic medicine, and traditional medicine altogether. She's also the author of The Naked Truth About Breast Implants. Her website's ExoNation, www.templeofhealth.us. And to buy her books, www.nakedtruthaboutbreastimplants.com. Dr. Kolb, it's been a great pleasure talking to you. Um, I, I love the way that you that you take care of people. I love the mission that you're on. And all I'd like to do is, is say thank you 
for the wonderful things that you and other doctors like yourself who are incorporating me- traditional medicine with spirituality and holistic healing, bringing it all together. God bless you guys. You're doing a fantastic job. Well, thank you, Rob. You know, this is the future of medicine, and this is how we will control health care costs through this type of mm-hmm. medicine. What would you like to say to someone listening around the world who may think that they may have something wrong with their breasts, but they're afraid, uh, you know, they've had the implants, and they're, but they're afraid of what may lie ahead? What can you tell them to ease them? Well, I think the information in the book, The Naked Truth About Breast Implants, pretty much outlines mm-hmm. what you need to do for care and uh, of the implants, um, signs and symptoms to look out for. And the worst thing is you'll just have to have the implants removed and the scar capsules removed, and then um, maybe with a breast lift, and, and you could probably even have implants put back in later on unless you have certain diseases where silicone just doesn't agree with your body. So it's not a horribly scary thing. It's not cancer. It's not AIDS. You know, it just is a matter of education. So there is hope. Oh, yes. But I would imagine the worst thing that anyone can do is do nothing about it, is neglect it. Well, the patients who've neglected it often mm-hmm. end up in wheelchairs. Some end up suicidal. Um, it's a progressive disease. It's sick building syndrome, but it's inside your chest wall, so you can't like normal sick building syndrome, you can't go on vacation somewhere and get over it in, in a week. Uh, it, you carry the sick building around in your chest wall. Doctor, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure. Continued success, and I do hope that I have the opportunity of speaking to you again in the future. Thank you so much, Rob. I enjoyed it. Good night, Doctor. Well, that's it, Exxon Nation. Dr. Susan Kolb has been my guest this hour. Once again, get a copy of her book, www nakedtruthaboutbreastimplants.com Well, that's it for tonight. I'd like to thank all our listeners around the world and all the stations who carry the X-Zone. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your day or night, no matter where you are on this great big planet. So, as I always say at this time, if you have a child at home, give them a hug, give them a kiss, tell them they are loved, they are our future. Take care of each other, and always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone. Go home, but you can't stay.